Hey, what are you doing? Getting things ready for Mom. Mom is dead, Jeff. She doesn't have to be. Something strange. Now, I didn't think much about it until I saw him drag the body out of the coffin. Something ancient. Bury your own. Something evil. Was it your idea of a joke to send me blood from a dead animal? This dog is alive. Not this dog. Something terrifying is happening in Ludlow, Maine. Again. Pick up your family and get the hell out of that town. Cemetery 2. Jeff, honey. Father and I need to talk. Some stories just won't stay dead. Welcome to They Call Us a Movie, testing the strength of friendships one terrible movie at a time. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and other podcast services by searching They Call This a Movie. We are part of the Main Damie Network, and to find more from us, check out the website at themaindamie.com or on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at themaindamie. We are also now a proud member of Geek Vibes Nation, and you can find them at gvnation.com. Welcome to They Call This a Movie. We took a week off, um, but we are back. Uh, with me, as always, is Mark Myers, and coming back from his work stint is Dan Aquino. Say hello, gentlemen. It's good to be back. I'm just mad that I have to delete all these Avenge the Fallen with Dan's photo in it since he's back on the podcast. Why didn't you do that? (laughs) This is something that 100% should have been done. Uh, all right, I'm I'm leaving now. Goodbye, guys. <laughs> I will sacrifice myself for those uh, for that meme. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, Dan ha- wasn't with us uh, our last episode, and we did not have an episode last week because I got super sick. But I am uh, coming around, coming back from the dead. Franco. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Franco. So, so Mark is doing a super deep. Uh, <laughs> Inside joke, which is always plays well. Um, but <laughs> last my <week>, specialty. <laughs> last week, uh, Harmony Corinne's Beach Bum came out, so we were going to do an episode on Spring Breakers, but I am back from the dead, which is very timely for this week, as we decided to. Beside, you know, two big movies are coming out this week: Shazam and Pet Cemetery. Rather than do an other uh, superhero movie, which we would just continue to do superhero movies with the way uh, the the summer blockbuster movie schedule comes out. We decided to go Pet Cemetery. Specifically, we decided to cover Pet Cemetery 2 from 1992. I didn't even know there was a sequel to Pet Cemetery. Yeah. Yep. So I was I I kind of thought this was going to be one of those uh, you know how like Pacific Rim has Atlantic Rim. Mm-hmm. I thought this was going to be something along those lines, but then I heard there is one of those movies that are coming out soon. It's yes. uh, like Pet Graveyard, I believe. Pet Graveyard, yes. Yeah. No, this is uh, this is a uh, a direct sequel uh, directed by Mary Lambert, who directed the original. So oh, okay. this has the same pedigree as the first one, and uh, oof, yeah, it's not great. Uh, but it it doesn't feel or it it doesn't feel like or shot like the original movie yeah. in any way let's take a step back before we we get into this and just say uh so what is your experience with pet cemetery the the original the original yeah. I, i've never read the book but i've heard really from you Wan, that the book is pretty scary it's a it's a pretty good book uh, I, i've seen the first movie uh with herman munster fred Gwynn, i believe right yep yeah uh that and i enjoyed it i thought I didn't think it was as good as most people made it out to be. And not that everyone loved it, but I remember always hearing good things about it. It was always pretty pretty high up on some people's horror lists. Sure. Uh, it, I'd say it's probably one of King's better adaptations at the time, though. Yeah. Um, I, have, I haven't read the book, uh, but I have heard it is one of the most terrifying novels of all time. It's usually considered to be his scariest. Um, but Mark, what about you? Yeah. 
So I haven't actually seen the movie since I was younger. So all the fan service stuff in this movie, if there wasn't any, was completely lost on me. Um, I've seen, you know, as it's well documented, you know, I'm the one with the least interest in um, horror genre of the group here. Mm -hmm. So, you know, even though I saw Pet Cemetery when I was probably a preteen, you know, I had no reason to go back to it, you know, at any point. The thing that got me intrigued was I when I immediately saw the credits at the beginning. And I'm like, oh, this cast isn't too awful. And then they made a pretty bad movie. So mm-hmm. um, I think most of it's in terms of, um, you know, this genre of, uh, of horror movie. Um, I usually end up only watching things that Anthony recommends. So, you know, I don't go seek this stuff out. So this was it's his opinion of somebody coming in with no no preconceived notions of how this was supposed to go. So. Okay. I think Anthony and I are the exact opposite. We go seeking out this kind of dreck. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And I, I think I could speak for Ant. We kind of relish these, especially in the month of October, mostly. I mean, the rest yeah. of the year, I I don't really search that much. But in October, I will actively seek this kind of movie. Sure. Yeah, I... I think I, I think the first time I saw Pet Cemetery, the original, was actually might have been last year for 31 Days of Horror. This is the first time uh, watching this one, uh, and it's it's not great. Uh, it's and we kind of uncovered some shady dealings by Amazon Prime while uh, <laughs> while watching this because I watched this on Saturday and it was available free on Prime, and you guys watched it within the past two days or so, right? Yeah. I watched it, it today. And it is now no longer available on Amazon Prime Video for free. You have yeah. to pay to rent. Um, so it always pays to yeah. watch a little early, I suppose. But yeah. because of that, I did not watch it twice. Yeah. So you're you're not as fresh as, say, Mark and I. Mark, Correct. did you watch it today? Yes, I okay. finished it today. Okay. But cool. um, yeah, I, I think it was a good combination of a new movie coming out in the series and also it being, you know, the beginning of a new month. That they were able to cut it off. Yeah, they knew exactly what they were doing. So a little bit about this movie. It's not the worst horror movie we've seen no. uh, in this. It's it's about as stupid as Leprechaun 3. Uh, <laughs> but you gotta... If you have to... We're talking about a movie that is a sequel to a movie based on a book that, like we said, highly regarded as one of the scariest novels of all time. And even the movie, the original movie is a solid horror film. It's not a great one. It's I, I would I would put it like in a six out of ten sort of area, six, six and a half. Maybe if I was being generous, I'd give it a solid seven. It's not great, um, but it's worth your time. But it has a, them, a thematic element that is is relatable. It's about a, a man ha- coming to grips with the loss of a child and what he would do to get that child back. Yeah. This movie, instead, where the original film does its best to portray King's thematic elements of loss, Pet Summary 2 mortgages that so Mr. Krabs could decapitate a teen with a motorbike. Yeah. <laughs> well, it, it's. I thought, I was thinking to myself, kind of going through the the themes of this movie, and comparing it to the first, where it's just, the first movie is much more subtle with whether or not... like like the horror itself is more subtle than this. They, they try to just throw it right at you, even down to the animal they use, where they in the first one, it's obviously church the cat. Where it's, you know, cats are usually a, a bad omen. Uh, but this one, they just, they give you a dog, where you know a dog can be rabid, it can actually, it can kill you. So it, they tried to be a little bit more in your face with it, I felt. And I don't know if it, I don't believe it worked that way. I like the original, where it's a lot more subtle. Yeah. yeah, yeah. The uh, the whole movie um, at times uh, seemed a little overacted by people I would expect not to overact things, especially, uh, you know, Anthony Edwards, who on ER was a very subtle actor in that. And then, yeah, it was just it felt like they were also trying to feed into the Edward Furlong like myth or whatever coming out of Terminator. Like that he was this angsty, tough kid, you know, of the generation. So his his character had to be that, whether it made sense or not. Mm-hmm. He he's, story. he spends the whole movie just getting dunked on, pretty much. Yeah. At every turn, someone is just clowning this kid. 
and it's a complete <laughs> departure from how he was in T2. Yeah. But he's 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 tough. He tells the kid to fuck off at one point, you know, and it's just it felt like it that the movie was originally written as like, all right, you know, we want to do a sequel to Pet Cemetery, but we want to do the kid angle, you know, let's write this whole thing around the perceived notion of Edward Furlong, you know, his character from T2. So you know. to back on that a little bit, yeah, give you a little bit of backstory. The original idea that Mary Lambert wanted to do was to be a direct sequel for the Creed family um, starring, um, you know, the surviving Ellie, which was the older sister. She would have been a teenager at the time. Um, but the studios did not want to have a movie starring a teenage girl. They weren't sure of the marketability of that. So they rewrote it to uh, have a, a boy in the lead. Uh, I'm not sure if it was specifically written for him, but the idea that Mary Lambert had said that is that she, where the original movie is about a guy coming to terms with loss and trying to do anything he can to bring back his child. This one is centered around the idea of teenage boys and their penchant for doing things because they're stupid. But has she not seen any horror movie from the 80s? You know, Nightmare on Elm Street had a teenage girl, and it wasn't was, it wasn't her decision. It was the studio's decision. Well, okay, she well, wa- she wanted to do a a teenager, a teenage so, girl, and then the studio said that they didn't feel like they could market it. So then, my same question for them then. Yeah. <laughs> mo- mo- I mean, all the all, some of the biggest franchises in horror have starred women. Sure. Right? You, you you go Friday the Thirteenth. Nightmare on Elm Street, Alien. Uh, you don't even have to get out of Stephen Stephen King canon. What about Carrie? Yeah, Carrie, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Christine? Did Christine star a teenage girl? Christine, Christine was, no, that a, was, was a that car. Was a, was a yeah, car. Well, yes. I know that, but I didn't, no, know was, if, <laughs> I didn't know if it was centered around a girl or not. But I believe, it, I think it's a teenage boy. Yes, it is. Yeah. But this movie feels nothing like the original. It feels like a slasher movie. Yes. Uh, a, supernat- a supernatural slasher movie. Kind of a cross between a zombie movie and Freddy Krueger slash Jason Voorhees. Kind of Clancy Brown taking that that role as that kind of supernatural serial killer. Yeah, and he felt he felt a little bit like, and I don't know if this was a direct take, you know, but he felt a little bit like Slither. Like the, you know, with the meat and all that. I could see that. I I doubt that James Gunn was inspired by Pet Pet Cemetery Cemetery 2. Who knows? Uh, They're probably uh, strong, like, you know, stronger lines he probably made to other movies. But I I see where you're going with that. Yeah. He kind of reminded me of uh, Vincent D'Onofrio in Men in Black. Sure. With the way that he kind of moves around in his new Edgar suit. Mm Mm-hmm. (laughs) <laughs> yeah it, it's it's not a subtle movie by yeah. any means and has an enormous body count uh of characters that are simply there just to just to die yeah, yeah. Like, there's a housekeeper in this movie that has no point other than to die, die. In, the, in the third act and also that she had the same hair color as the mom and sure yes that was really terrible foreshadowing uh, this movie has eleven deaths in it, which is a lot. <laughs> that is a good amount, and you yeah. and you have some kid deaths. So yeah, unnecessary kid deaths. There is there is no reason why Drew and his mother have to meet such a a terrible end. Uh, uh yeah. I, I I was more. I really like the the bully, the way he gets it. That's a pretty cool death. He gets uh caught up in the the spokes of his motorbike. Yep. Yeah. I thought that was a pretty cool death. Sure. He deserved it. it yeah. In a in a slasher movie, I'd agree with you. Uh, but in a movie that's a sequel to a movie like Pet Cemetery, it really tone deaf. Yeah. And I had originally thought that that bully was uh, the kid from uh, T2 at first. I believe that's Budnick from Salute Your Shorts uh, yeah. in T2. Um, yeah, so at first yes. he popped up. Uh, this kid like, uh, was—he's the best friend Tom in Big. Hanks's friend in Big. Yeah, I think he's in some other stuff too. For for a moment, I thought it was the kid from Mighty Ducks. 
the the Goldberg Goldorama. I, I can't remember his name. In I remember who you're that's Abram. Abram. Yes. That, that's he reminds me of that kid. I don't think it's him though. It's no. not. Okay. Well, but I'm I looked sorry. at IMDb. That's why. That's the only reason I know. <laughs> Uh, but as we mentioned, this movie stars Anthony Edwards, Edward Furlong, and Clancy Brown, basically, and not, and that kid. But other than that, really nobody. Uh, the women in the movie have not really done much besides this movie, and that's that's more or less it. It has a Rotten Tomatoes score of twenty five percent, with an IMDb score of four point eight. I wonder if this is the highest rated Rotten Tomato movie we've done yet. Um, species not sure. Go. Species probably up there. Yeah, that's true. True. Uh, I, other than that, I don't know. Uh, the I, I think if we had done Spring Breakers, I think that would have been higher. I think that was that, in like the sixties. That was actually well reviewed. I I think wasn't it? Yeah. Generally well reviewed. More or less. Yeah, I think it's. Uh, I think Harmony Corinne is a is a polarizing figure, um, but that is his most accessible movie. Okay. Yeah, I think I think you come down one side or the other on Spring Breakers. Yeah, there's, there's no not much in the middle. Yeah. But uh, yeah, so you you want to get into the plot real quick? I would yeah, love nothing more. <laughs> I do not. By the way, I do not have trivia free tonight, so that's fine. Uh, we yeah, Mark, will. Uh, I think Mark retains the uh, the title then. Yeah. I thought you won last last time. I, I think the, yeah, Dan won last time. Uh, then I retain the title. <laughs> Very good. I'll take it. Yeah. All right, plot-wise, Pet Cemetery 2. So we open on set of a movie. Uh, I should say that, as mentioned, I've only seen this tw- once, so it's probably quicker in terms of plot uh, <laughs> synopsis. So No problem. Uh, I'll fill in any things you need to talk about. <laughs> you don't need to if you don't have to, Mark. Yeah, got it. <laughs> this, is a, this is a run out the clock situation. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> okay, so we open on a movie set. Uh, start uh, with famous actress Renee Hallow, who is our hero, Jeff's mom. Uh, Jeff played, obviously, by Edward Furlong. She's in some sort of period piece movie where she's decked out in a uh, long dress and, you know, fancy hair, like Elizabethan times. Um, and uh, she gets electrocuted by some mishap that happens on set. Uh, water's on the ground and something gets electrocuted electrified and she touches it and she dies and there's no way to act dignified when you're getting electrocuted yep and definitely not osha regulate it that's yeah. it and when uh, and when that's the first death of a movie uh based off pet cemetery 2 a bit based off a of pet cemetery you know this movie is going to be quite different um so she dies and then jeff and his father played by anthony edwards i believe his name is Oof! What is Jesus? It, it go. It doesn't matter, does it? It's it, Chase, though. Chase, it it, it goes from seeing the woman die, and it's very comical. And then the next shot is him putting a dog to sleep, and I was just like, mm, "That's that's a downer." <laughs> yeah. now, now I'm upset. Way to go. Um. So Jeff and his dad Chase uh move it's to Doctor Mark Green. Dr. Mark Green from ER moved to <laughs> Ma- his mom's old hometown, Ludlow, Maine, to open up a veterinary clinic. And this is three years since the Creed murders. Uh, so we are in the Creed canon of films. Uh, Dad sets up to practice in Ludlow. Uh, Jeff helps clean out the space and find some kittens. So he's got some new pets, uh, some they're giving away. But Jeff seems like he's kept one. Uh, I don't remember. Does anything happen to that cat? I mean, no. I mean, things happen to that cat in this movie, but nothing. Eventually, eventually, the cat kind of makes an exit in this movie that just is un unspecified. Yeah, he's there yeah. and then he's not. Some and, others make very yeah. specific exits, but and then a uh, then a surprising return for the cat. Well, mm-hmm. we'll get to it. Okay, all right. Uh, so uh, Jeff and Dad they meet Sheriff Gus, played by Clancy Brown. Who you might know is Mr. Krabs from SpongeBob. Um, also, he plays one of the uh, correctional officers in Shawshank Redemption. Uh, and he's in Starship Troopers as well. Starship Troopers. There's Mark with his his always his weird references to movies that nobody else. <laughs> he, 
<laughs> references. He is also in a video game, Detroit Become Human, that came out this year. Very uh, nice. I'm glad I held on to my knowledge that he's the voice of Surtur in Thor Ragnarok. <laughs> <laughs> well, that that's a that's a mainstream movie for the past four years. <laughs> um, yeah. So, Mark uh, dropping I... Pearl, Paul Verhoeven movies. <laughs> <laughs> Only the best ones. Uh, so they meet Sheriff Gus, uh, his stepson, who he just hates so much, Drew, and their dog Zoe, because they bring Zoe in to get Zoe or Zowie? Zowie. Zowie. Um, for some sort of checkup. Um, Sheriff, I guess, knew Renee back in the day when they were in high school. So awkward. Yeah. <laughs> he's, he's definitely fucked Renee. Yeah, they were sweet yeah. on each other. They were sweethearts. Sweet on each other. That means she gave some excellent blowjobs. And he, yeah. he tells the kid to his face with the dad standing there, they went the whole nine yards. <laughs> the whole nine yards. I've never heard that before used yeah. in a sexual reference. Well, you rarely do you meet a guy with a nine-yard dick. It's true. <laughs> yeah. I'm surprised she could take it all. Well, she, she had a 10-yard vagina. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> that's that's how she got her acting career off the ground. Yeah. Title of my next movie, 10-yard vagina. I know. <laughs> uh, I, I'd so, so that's kind of, that's kind of their meat cute. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I like I like how we we uh, cute. Yeah. <laughs> We always talk about meat cutes on this episode, so I enjoy the moment to use that incorrectly. So, I, yeah. real quick, before we started recording, I mentioned we should try to like, oh, we should maybe we we can pitch movie ideas for these terrible movies to make them better, and we just came up with a better movie already: Ten Yard Vagina. <laughs> there we go. Perfect. I'd watch. I'd watch that movie. Yeah, we might have already, and we don't know. It's like a woman whose her her vagina is like a bag of holding. <laughs> <laughs> you have to think of what you want and pull it out of there. Imagine, imagine the, imagine the uses of that. You could like a, a mag, a magic show. Yeah, <laughs> she, she would definitely come in handy in, <laughs> in more ways than one. She would, she would just have an awful time though. She'd feel nothing. <laughs> like, like throwing a thumbtack down a like a <laughs> Mount Vesuvius. <laughs> uh so jeff the uh the baby that came out of that 10 yard vagina um is a very stupid boy so stupid that he's just like you know what i'm gonna do i'm gonna bring a cat to school mm, yeah, yeah not a smart move yeah it's just like and what what did he? How did he think he'd get away with sitting there the way he did? Well, I guess he did because no one spotted him. You know, keeping a kid inside the jacket. All that. That's just, it's just a questionable reaction, regardless. Like, yeah. What do you get? Your your dad's a vet. Yeah. Why are you, Why are you gonna bring the the animal with you? It, it serves no purpose. Yeah, the cat's way too young for him to be tossing around in his jacket. Yeah, yeah. and he's like shoving it back in there. Like, all right, get back in there. Keep suffocating, cat. (laughs) So uh, he brings the cat to school, and then the bully, uh, Clyde, who has an earring, spots the kitten, and he stupidly gives Clyde the kitten because he trusts the kid with an earring, which, rule number one in the 90s, you do not trust any kid with an earring. And he's a redhead, too, I believe. Yeah. He's like blondish, reddish. But yeah. Yeah, Strawberry, blonde-haired kid with an earring. That's that's the number one person you don't trust in school in the nineties. Screams douchebag. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and I and I think it's a, I don't know if this is the first music cue that's starting to come up, but they lean very heavily into grunge, mm-hmm. like oh. way more than any horror movie should. That was, that was another thing I wanted to bring up in our preamble. the The music cues are terrible in this movie. Yeah, yeah. They they don't fit with the the overall sense of the of the film. And I guess maybe because grunge was just starting, they wanted to. I don't. I I don't know what they were thinking, to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, it's weird. They have a Ramon song in there. Uh, yeah. I think the the original movie has a Ramon song, so they tried to make that connection. Um, so way over my head. Yep. Uh, they were really banking on uh, on you remembering that. <laughs> huh. 
Sorry. And this was this was pre IMDb days, so it wasn't like something you could you could look up back then. It's like, oh, you know what? Someone noticed this too. They had a Ramon song on the first one and the second one. So it was probably wow. like ten years before some before someone picked up on that. <laughs> um, so immediately the bully takes the cat and jumps on his bike with his bunch of cronies, and they run away um, along with. Uh, what's the fat kid's name? Drew. Drew. Yeah. Drew. Drew tags along in front of Jeff, who's run lagging behind, but eventually he catches up with them after they uh, have tossed the kitten into the pet cemetery. Um, and he fights the bully and loses, and then they leave yeah. him there. He eventually finds the kitten locked in the cage in the cemetery, um, but not uh, over the hill where he notices where there's like a keep out sign just over the hill yeah yeah so the, had... the this is the first movie where punching the bully in the face did not work for the protagonist yeah, yeah he got he gets rocked <laughs> he, he it's real life up pretty bad yeah <laughs> that bully takes the punch like champ he does That's yeah. why he's a bully because <laughs> he can he, take a fucking punch <laughs> he hits him square in the face man like right in the nose and he just looks at him he has that look where he goes yeah you're dead now and just proceeds to beat the shit out of him. <laughs> like I said, it's it's a total reversal of his character as young John Connor, yeah. who's going up against murder bots in Terminator Two. But uh, so I was a little not not jarred, obviously, because I don't care enough. But yeah, it was just a little weird to see. But he, but he was still trying to play the character like John Connor. Yeah, because he get he gets his <laughs> ass kicked, and then in the the pet cemetery, Drew comes back and says, "No one's ever stood up to Clyde before." He goes, piss me off. All right. <laughs> but, but you got your ass kicked. <laughs> you don't get to talk shit anymore. Yeah. You, you lost. <laughs> it's a boring performance from him, though. Yeah, it is. Like, he, he, is it. he is just... In, he feels in, so inconsequential to this whole movie. Right. He's just, almost like a side note. It's a, To me, it, it, I feel as if it centers more along the lines of Drew and his stepfather and his mother. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so uh, he goes home, um, but we follow Drew home specifically, um, and we find out his his home life is pretty shitty because um, uh, his stepdad Gus is uh, terrible to him. Calls him fat. Basically, puts his dick into Drew's mom right there in the kitchen. Yeah, he, he was getting ready to. <laughs> uh, and then he yells at him about Zowie, um, and then eventually, for no reason at all, really. Uh, he shoots Zowie after she, you know, she's looking over the rabbits. She's not really doing anything. She's, you know, front paws up on the rabbit cage. And then he decides to shoot the dog. Yep, that, yeah. that warrants a shooting. Yeah. And then, and then uh, you know, Gus goes trying. Uh, Drew goes to find her. He sees that she's basically going to die. And she dies right there in his in his lap. This, this was the probably worst music cue of the movie. I don't even remember. This yeah. this song is so over dramatic, like it's it's more of a love song. Well, it's a boy like, and his dog. Yeah, but it was it's weird. If you go back and well, we'll never go back and look at it. But <laughs> um, thanks a lot, Prime it, Video. You know, it wasn't it wasn't in the sense of just like a sad song, like sure we get. I don't, we get. Yeah, yeah. It it was it was it was a little inappropriate for the scene, mm-hmm. and in terms of that. Um, but yeah, this was it's no good. Yeah, it it was bad. Mm. Uh, the next day, Drew skips school with Jeff, and they bury Zowie in the Micmac burial ground. See if the rumors are true about the burial ground. If it's possible that Zowie will come back to life. Life. Um, eventually, Gus runs into Drew. Says, "Where have you been all day?" And uh, he tells him he's been burying his dog. And uh, Gus. Just kind of says, hey, we both kind of learned a lesson today, didn't we? (laughs) (laughs) Never really apologizing for killing the dog, which is more of like a suck it up kind of of, uh, talk. I think his exact words are sometimes there sometimes thing sometimes you learn lessons or something like that. Yeah. yeah, I don't know what the lesson was. We don't. We never find out what the lesson was. Really, was, yeah. I guess the lesson is he's a dick. Yeah, lesson for Gus was probably don't shoot a dog. Yeah, uh, and exactly. I don't know. I don't know what lesson Drew learned. 
uh, to follow the law. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think honestly, when the, the the problem with this movie at this point is, in the first one, you have that mystique of the pet cemetery. You you don't. It's told to you as in a, a myth, and this is just the kids just knowing about it. It's like, what if you never saw the first pet cemetery? You know what I mean? You're just you you know nothing about it. It's yep. it's not it's not built up to be this mythological or yeah. spiritual place. It's just yeah. yeah, you know, I heard if you bury things here they come back. Yeah. And that's coming from somebody that had that same experience. <laughs> yeah, I'm so, like, oh, I thought this was supposed to be mysterious. These kids right. are just walking all through it with no problem. And not only is it mysterious in the first one, to get to the burial ground, it takes like forever. Yeah, it's it, like it a hard like... trek. You got to climb over like thorned down trees, and it like takes hours just to get there through the pet cemetery. Yeah, and they make it seem as if they're they get there fairly quickly. Yeah, just like over that one hill. Like, yeah. oh, there it is. <laughs> just over the bog. We're so, good. so that's one of the more glaring problems with this movie. I think uh, obviously we've we've touched on quite a few, but I, I just felt as if they. They bank too much on you knowing everything. Like, oh, yeah, you already know that. You bury something there, it comes back. Like, all right, well, how do the kids know that? Mm-hmm. Is there um, is there like an urban legend that's been told? If so, can we hear it? it like, there's a part a little later on, I think it's in, in uh, Halloween, where they're sitting around the campfire by the pet cemetery. Mm-hmm. And that would have been perfect to do that. You know, like the, the bullies telling the story of the pet cemetery. Yeah, yeah, and... Basically, the way to get around it is while, you know, um, John Connor and, and the fat kid are walking to the burial ground. It's basically like, oh, those legends are bullshit. You know that, right? You know, right. Mm-hmm. and that that's how they explain how the kids know it. Instead of doing what you said, where it should have been the scary story at Halloween was your first introduction to everything. And then that's where Drew gets the idea. Yeah, I think that would have been a better, better way to introduce the the area. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so while Gus is trying to plow his wife, uh, Zoe comes back from the dead. Uh, yes. Always getting cock blocked. <laughs> yeah. I time. get it. That's why Gus is so mad. I get but it. If he could just get laid, he'd be fine. Yeah. Going so, about this all wrong. <laughs> so she comes back while he's about to get it in. Um, but both Drew's parents think that he's lying about Zoe, about burying Zoe. So he gets like grounded. Uh, they take Zoe to the vet because his wound, her wounds won't heal. Um, but the but Chase, Doctor Chase, is confused because he can't really find a heartbeat. Yeah. Uh, so he sends some some tests off to the lab to get analyzed. And and I love that he like waves it off by going, oh, maybe it's too light for this thing to pick up. Yeah. It's too weak. It's just. It's not that it's weird that it's not there. It's just too weak. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's, it's the not... lies. The lies we have to tell ourselves when we come across yeah. undead dogs, Mark. Yeah. It's like uh, it's listen. like the opposite of the trailer I saw with the new Bill Murray zombie movie, where at he asks and Adam Driver just goes, "I think it's zombies." Listen, like, just the media. <laughs> Jen, Jen, not an hour ago told me my dogs are getting old, so I had to tell myself that they're they're always puppies. Mm-hmm. So that Anthony's right. What we tell ourselves to, to we, we lie to ourselves about our animals. So I completely understand that. Yeah, my dog and I, we have an agreement that he's going to live forever. Yeah, or he's gonna. They're gonna outlive me. That's for yeah. sure. I, I know that. So, uh, getting back on track. Uh, Halloween night. The kids have a party at Pet Cemetery. Um, Gus is pissed off because Drew is down there. Um, so he goes down there to get him and maybe kill him. It's a possibility. <laughs> because he's about to hit him with a giant wooden cross. Yeah. Um, which Drew is not that big of a child. <laughs> like he's a big kid, but right. that thing is gonna do some damage. Right. Um and, luckily And it was Gus, right? Yeah, Gus is the is the sheriff. Yeah, so and Gus a Gus is a pretty big man. Yeah. I'm tall this plants around. I'm gonna look this up yeah, right he... now. He's pretty he's, tall, and he's he's strong in this movie. He looks pretty strong. Yeah, he's so Clancy Brown in real life is six three. Yeah, he's a big big guy. So he's a big dude, um, and he definitely looked pretty big in like Shawshank Redemption. So 
Um, yeah, he's a force to be reckoned with, and he's he's hitting like a eleven-year-old kid with it's a it. I it looks like a cross that a KKK member would burn on a lawn <laughs> I, that size. I actually kind of thought that's what it was, but it, yeah, it's pretty big. He picks up a cross that's used as a. Uh, a marking for one of the one of the graves but it's large it's like it's like four feet four feet tall by like three feet wide it yeah, is this, enormous this isn't the last time he'll hit a kid in this movie mm-hmm. <laughs> um, luckily zowie shows up and rips uh rips his artery out and uh he he dies pretty quick he goes down um yeah. so the boys uh bury him in the micmac burial ground and they're like well uh, maybe he'll come back which again takes maybe an hour. Yeah, <laughs> just yeah. burying a grown man. They're just like, oh man, gonna get home late tonight. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, Dad, I'm tired. But not too late. I, not too I, late. <laughs> yeah, it is a school night. <laughs> and to roll it back a little bit, I love when the mother is just like, oh yeah, just send them to pet cemetery for Halloween at the beginning. Like, I get that. Like, I mean, like you know. I, I, I could see that being a place where kids hang out on Halloween, tell spooky stories. I would love to have done that as a kid. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of morbid, but I totally yeah. get it. Yeah. Mark, us but, people that like horror movies, that's not weird. Right. I was You're, thinking more in the sense of what Dan said about, you know, the mysteriousness of that place. That it was just weird that all of a sudden it became like this teenage tourist attraction. Okay, well, you know. there are two separate places. That's there's okay. the pet cemetery and there's the Micmac burial ground. Okay. And the, so. the burial ground is where things come back to life. Right. The, the cemetery is just a regular cemetery, I believe. Mm. Yeah. Yes. But I think okay. I think basically the only way to get to the Micmac burial ground is through the pet cemetery for reasons, really. <laughs> right. It's because you name it pet cemetery. <laughs> right. It has to come into play at one point. <laughs> <laughs> um, so spoiler alert, Gus comes back. Even though oh, his neck is half ripped out, um, he acts weird, but not bad at first, and then quickly goes nuts. Yeah. So he's well, super nice to to Drew all of a sudden. He does rape his mother. Well, I was gonna say, and then he he's he's nicer to Drew, but then he sexually assaults his own wife. Yeah. Uh, then he brutally skins their rabbits with the kids watching. The kids watching. I don't know if he forces them to do it or not, but it seems like. They have no choice but to sit there and watch. <laughs> yeah. So on the silver lining that he's slightly nicer to Drew for reasons we don't know, um, and only briefly, uh, <laughs> he then just devolves into a uh, maniac. <laughs> I don't know if they were thinking of going with the storyline of like cannibalism, but Drew has a throwaway line where he says, yeah, he even he, he even gave me extra pancakes this morning. Like, oh, <laughs> trying, trying to fatten them up. Yeah, trying, trying to fatten them up. <laughs> I but I, I don't know if that's that. where they were thinking of that. Yeah, I don't know because uh, I do remember that line, and it, it's it does see it's got that weird kind of feeling. I was like, oh, he's fattening them up so he could eat them. Yeah, but, there, uh, there's a little foreshadowing in that in, in that uh, sentence. Mm. Yeah. Uh, so then at this point, um, I guess Zowie winds up back at the vet. Yeah, I don't ever think she really leaves. Right? D- oh. Doesn't he hold her and? For like observation and and yes. uh, oh, this, is, this is when he realizes that she's gone. So he yeah, Jeff's dad gets a call from the vet lab because the results are in. And while he's on the phone, someone comes in and wants to see the, the kittens. Um, while he's on the phone, the vet lab tells him that you know, hey, nice nice joke, sending me uh, samples of a dead dog. Yeah. And it's, he's like, essentially, you could have shortened that scene to just that guy going, "You fucking with me." Right. Right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, so then he's like, "No, I said it was a live dog. I, I, she, I couldn't find her heartbeat though." I was like, "Well, that dog is dead, as far as I'm concerned." Uh, <laughs> then we find out in that scene that uh, Zowie ate through the cage essentially and mutilated the poor, defenseless little kittens and yeah, I didn't know bloody carcasses behind. And um. For for you two that have seen the original, is the doctor that gets name dropped here in the original? I want to say probably. Okay. I can't remember off the top of my head. Because it seems like it's one of those, it felt like one of those fan service moments. Probably. Like they dropped the name, you're like, oh shit, you know, sort of. Was, was, was fan service really much of a thing back in 92? 
No, but uh, it, from, I'm from sure it's... what is it in certain areas, right? I mean, it's making the connection obviously between the first and the second movie. Yeah. Yeah, maybe I'm looking through it through a 2019 lens where fan service is like there's a name for that now. Right. Yeah. Right. I think in in 1992, I was just like, well, it it is in the same canon, so it would make sense. Yeah. That he would they would make reference to it. Um. So then Jeff's dad goes home and has like a a little nap where he has a weird sex dream. <laughs> yeah. By the way, way to let me know about that. Oh, sorry. <laughs> yeah, I'm at work all of a sudden. Titties. <laughs> Uh, I think that's an Instagram post right there. I'm at work and then all of a sudden titties. <laughs> yeah. I think, yeah, it's just fucking boom. <laughs> and if someone walks in in the right moment, it's titties with a dog head. Yeah, sure. <laughs> they, I don't know if that would have made things better or worse, to be honest with you. What the fuck are you watching? Right. <laughs> thankfully, thankfully, no one was there. Furry porn. Uh, so yeah, uh, he's dreaming dreaming about having sex with his dead wife, and then her head turns into a dog head, and then he wakes up to realize that he's being attacked by Zowie in his own home. Uh, Zowie, he tosses uh, does he toss Zowie through the win- the window? No, she jumps out on her own. She jumps out on her own. Yeah. Uh, meanwhile, Jeff and Drew get jumped by the bully Clyde again. Tries to sever uh, Jeff uh, Jeff's nose off with his bike spokes but Which i don't think it would work probably i don't know it'll it it'll probably bust your nose up pretty good yeah i don't think it's just a bicycle yeah he's uh, just fucking with him he's just fucking with him um uh, for some reason gus comes to the rescue out of nowhere <laughs> out of nowhere where the hell did uh, he come from and he beats up um beats up the kid and starts fucking with him too with the motorbike uh, then the the bully's scarf gets wrapped up in the wheel and uh, decapitates him. Yeah, I, no, I think it I think it breaks his neck. Does it break his neck? Yeah, because yeah. he comes back for him in a later scene, and that's true. Yeah, puts the, decapitated. Yeah, you see the head. That would have been much. That would have been cool though. That would have been cool to see his head fly off. <laughs> <laughs> just boom! Just like pops like a cork. <laughs> Why not? Up into the air. Uh, uh, so then gus goes home and terrorizes drew uh so drew has to fight off his crazy dead father uh, father uh, stepfather and zowie shows up and starts to attack him too drew escapes through the window while his mom comes home and he jumps into the car as gus starts pursuing them and he jumps into his cruiser and they he starts chasing them down uh, he runs them into a potato truck, killing both Drew and his mom. And yeah. then he goes to retrieve Clyde's body. Oh, so I'm going to be honest with you here. Around this time, I started reading an article, the the Always Sunny in Philadelphia episodes ranked from best to worst. Okay. okay. So that took over my attention. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Spoiler alert. What, what do you think the number one episode is? Just real quick. Hmm. Is it the? That's a good question. Uh, and to save time, it's the uh, the Nightman. The Nightman comes. That's oh. okay. Yeah. I couldn't think of the name of the episode. Yeah. I was so, gonna say the gang gets racist, but <laughs> no. or the Wade uh, Boggs episode. Oh, the Wade Boggs episode is is in is number fifteen, I think, which Aww. is criminally low. But um. Anyway. Yeah. So yeah, um, <laughs> I I saw the family get. <laughs> killed by a potato truck <laughs> and i was like all right well i'm gonna gonna finish this article and then i kind of zoned out it was 5 20 at that point yeah. i leave it uh, yeah nothing much more happens happens after this i mean it, it, this is like kind of third this is the second act into the third act essentially this at this yeah. moment because this is at the at uh drew's funeral jeff decides that he's going to rob his mom's grave and bring her back to life with the help of Gus, because now Gus is like his his crony, apparently. <laughs> yeah, you think you think Gus is like going to raise a death army? Yeah, or something um, at this point. So but, go ahead. Go ahead. No, I was gonna say, what is up with this kid and being able to control killers? Yeah, that's <laughs> true. I don't know. It's pretty good. Just something in his eyes, those chestnut eyes of his. He had nice hair too. He had a, a good head of hair. Maybe that's his why. Sweet '90s bowl cut. Yeah. <laughs> 
so Chase goes to Gus's house to, I guess he realizes he realizes that his wife's body has been exhumed. Uh, so he goes to Gus's house. I guess because he's the sheriff. I don't even remember the reason why he goes there. Uh, that's where he gets attacked by Zowie and Gus, and he kills them both. Um, with shoots and shoots and kills both of them. Uh, yeah. Meanwhile, Renee comes back to life. She goes to the house, kills the housekeeper. Jeff shows yep. up and uh, embraces his mom. Chase comes home, urges him to get away from his mom. But then Clyde shows up and knocks out Chase. And Renee locks everybody in the attic and sets the house on fire. <laughs> then Is that Jeff... how it ends? No. No. Jeff kills undead Clyde with a live wire, much unlike the way his mom got killed. Yeah. Um, and Jeff it's... and Chase exit the attic leaving renee who she's not tied to the house she could leave too just decides to burn up with the house screaming yeah. dead is better as it as <laughs> she gets uh gets engulfed in flames yeah and then it, they uh yeah the, the two things in this scene um one it took me a while to realize that the reason she looked different was because she actually got like embalmed and made up for a funeral mm-hmm. like when she came back and I was like, oh. Yeah, she's been dead for at least a week. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, in the in the first in the first pet cemetery, when the little boy comes back, he's also you know his makeup is done as if yeah. you know he's he's been embalmed and he's been made up for the 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 funeral. Yeah. So it, it makes sense that she would look the same. I think. Yeah, yeah. No, it completely makes sense. It just it took a little while for me to go. Oh, that's actually pretty clever. You know, in the mm-hmm. sense of instead of just having her come back and looking like she's been electrocuted, you know, actually going through the thought process for that. <laughs> and sure. also and also the sheer fact of uh, the electrocution scene is completely unrealistic <laughs> in the sense that that live wire would not do that kind of sparking. And I'm just like, OK, I guess they needed to do the tie in, but, you know, shoving it in his mouth wouldn't caused the reaction that happened in there you know but otherwise a flawless movie, movie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's what i'm saying 9.5 out of 10 electrocution they, death needed to be more realistic they they didn't do their research when people get electrocuted is what you're saying fucking idiots yeah i think i uh should get screwed up the meme again is in like two out of ten would not bang <laughs> or something it's the the meme yeah. I, I, that i don't know or some meme about like a random references left and right, man. <laughs> That's why I it, love Mark. It's it's like a memes making fun of like Reddit people picking out the slightest flaw in like a model, and uh, it's like, oh, mole on her cheek, two out of ten would not bang. Sounds you like know. something. So yeah, yeah. So anyway, I think. Yeah, and that's that's essentially that's, that's essentially the end of the movie. And this is where the cat returns. Where did the because cat return? As they're leaving. Uh, Dr. Marcreen hands the cat to oh, John Connor. Okay. Right before they leave. Gotcha. But he's like absent for most of that movie. Yes, yes. He just comes back out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. Like, oh yeah, this thing, while all this shit's been going on, he's been healthy. Here. I, wa- I, I wonder mean, if I that's, that's good. Yeah. I wonder if that's like a, a nod to the first one. I don't, I don't know. Yeah, let's say it is. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and I, that's I, it. I was waiting for a uh, like end of thriller music video moment where the cat turns its head back and the eyes flare right before the credits roll and, and vincent price laughs demonically yeah, yeah. <laughs> that would have improved this by at least one point if that yeah. would have been the end of the movie yeah. i think that's fair <laughs> i think this movie is just kind of stupid yeah um and we've we've watched plenty of stupid movies before but i think the connection to the original movie kind of makes that stupidity worse like I said, Leprechaun 3 is super stupid. It's dumber than this movie. But Leprechaun is also a stupid movie. It's um, meant to be stupid, yeah. Yeah. So that's it, you know, the the drop off isn't as big as this movie in particular. Like and like Teen Wolf versus Teen Wolf 2. Teen yeah. Wolf is more of a classic, obviously, than Teen Wolf 2, but it's still kind of a stupid movie. Yeah. <laughs> it's it, it's tongue in cheek for sure at yeah. times. And then Pet Cemetery was, like I said, not one of my favorite horror movies ever made, but solid and has a thematic element that is relatable and tragic 
Mm-hmm. And there's nothing yeah. tragic. Despite how many people die in this movie, there it's not tragic. Right. Yeah. It's like you said. It's it's basically a supernatural slasher. Like if yeah. like if it was gonna be tragic, you can't kill off the kid's mom the way they kill off the kid's mom by getting electrocuted and writhing around like uh, Marv in Home Alone. <laughs> that's, that's all I kept thinking about. <laughs> I, I was picturing the Marv scream. Ah, ah. Yeah, and tur- like they should have turned her into a skeleton for like the split second and then oh, came back. That would have been hilarious. That would, <laughs> this would have been my favorite movie. <laughs> like that would have been amazing. Um, if just make the connection to Home Alone two, which probably didn't come out at this point. But uh, I think that came out in ninety three, right? Ninety three, ninety four. Yeah, sounds right. Ninety three. But yeah, I, I think all the choices of this movie were just wrong. Uh, with I, and that's not fair because I'll say Clancy Brown. He's not terrible in this movie. I mean, he's cartoonishly bad when he comes back from the dead but he's he's pretty menacing when he's alive but he's he's a he's a dick and you kind of you you could see yourself being if you were in Drew's shoes you'd be afraid of him you know you'd want to steer clear of this guy yeah but the music is bad the cinematography is very bad uh the acting is bad the the overall story is bad everything about it just doesn't work yeah and Clancy Brown might be the one actor in the movie that actually gets the character that he's mm-hmm. supposed to be portraying yeah. he like, he's like you said he's good um he's really good at what what they're asking him to do yes it's just a shame that that's what they're asking him to do correct yeah <laughs> in yeah. this movie yeah uh i i would like to have seen him be the lead character in this movie to be honest yeah that's and great it, and real quick going back to maybe pitching a different movie maybe it would have been better if you know he's the main character drew's family is the main character he hates his stepson but like maybe he winds up accidentally killing drew and now he has to face the dilemma do i bring him back from you know do i put him in the the, the cemetery or do i not and it, it just there, there's different ways that this movie could have been made to make more sense and not just be because th- this was almost like the aliens to aliens if you know what I mean, like there's more action and there's more blood in this, but I'm obviously it's to a much lesser quality. Yeah, mm-hmm. it was it was trying to match the attitude of the um, time period, being much more flashy and action oriented, and you know the blood technology was getting, I guess, better? Question mark. Um, you know, um, when more like. Um, most of the good horror movies in the 70s and 80s knew how to take its time and be subtle. It felt like this was very 90s and everything just needed to be in your face oh, yeah, at I all agree. times. You know, you just, you, this is what I'm doing, just knocking you over the head with the idea. Indian, Indian burial ground brings people back from the dead. These people are dead. Yeah, it, it, yeah. like Anthony said, there's no subtlety in this movie. Mm-mm. Yeah, and the, yeah. um, and there, there's almost a slightly better, um, thread they could have went because drew has a lot of these moments where it was like a good written line and then they just ignore it where he makes the thing that like when the people come back from the dead you know are they different than they were when they went in like how um gus comes back nicer to him mm-hmm. you know but the doll comes back meaner right you know and i'm like oh that could that could have been a thread to run with mm-hmm. yeah. yeah to to dan's point like there's no, there's really not a reason why why Jeff's fan, why Jeff is really more or less the the hero in it, like his his family. Why, like, there's really no reason why we're following Anthony Edwards and um, what, Edward, Edward Furlong. Yeah, they're they're almost secondary characters in their own movie. It feels yeah. like is is it strictly because they have the bigger name? I, I don't know. It, yeah. It's possible. I, I'm um, more interested in Drew's family. Yeah, that's a that's a more that's an interesting that's a more interesting dynamic, and yeah, no, I think I think if you shift that tone, uh, not not you shift that story to them, I think it's a more interesting because you could lift Jeff and and Chase right out of it and create a story completely depend yep. independent of them. Mm-hmm. I agree. Yeah, they're just there because you know Anthony Edwards is still near the end of his you know wave 
of starting with Goose in Top Gun to right before he picks, he, he gets on the ER. You know. Well, yeah, okay. but but even bef- even before he's cast, the you know the script. It's like, why does yeah. the script even focus on them when That's their true. their aspect? I, yeah. They're they don't really have anything to do with the Pep Cemetery until the third act, because yeah. you know Drew uh, Jeff doesn't. True. Yeah. Jeff doesn't bring his doesn't try to bring his mom back until you know last twenty minutes of the movie. Yeah, yeah, it's it, it's a shame that they decided to, to focus on his family instead. Yeah, but I think Mark's right. They probably because they have the better, the bigger name. Yeah. yeah, so they they wrote the script and probably cast the roles, and then you know as maybe the second final edit of the script could have been someone in the room going, you know what, if we do this, this works better, and then the producers on high going, but no, that's not, you know, that's completely taking out these guys that we're probably paying the most money to, you yeah. know, in this movie. If anything, they should have reversed the roles anyway. Like, if you're going to focus on them, make, you know, Chase the shitty father or stepfather or whatever. And I'm sure he could have played him. You yeah. Know. Yeah, I don't see why not. Yeah. It's just, it's just interesting that there is... It's one of the first movies that we've seen um, where there's literally a better plot in the movie. Like, you just remove that from the movie and make its own movie based yeah, on it, and it, it's it. probably better. And it makes it much better. Yeah. Yeah. This is yeah. It's it's not a great one. No. no. Um. Let's see. Let let me pull some uh, box office numbers. This movie had a budget of eight million. Pretty low. Um. Opening weekend made six and a half. Uh, August thirtieth release, nineteen ninety two. Uh. Overall final U.S. gross was seventeen million. Yeah. Not not a big uh, not a big take home. Pretty lackluster. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So, would you guys recommend this movie? Uh, again, only if how Anthony and I do this uh, in the 31 days of Halloween, or if you you just enjoy schlocky horror movies, B horror movies, or whatever, then yeah, I would recommend this. But if you're looking for a serious horror movie, then I would tell you to stay away. Yeah. Or if you need a reason why Edward Furlong's acting career dried up took good a place dive <laughs> yeah he's not good in this nope yeah you could say he's not even that great in uh terminator 2 really he's more whiny he's, a, yeah, he's kind of annoying in that movie he's yeah he just cheap. becomes a, a teen heartthrob in that movie and it's the only reason his career and, continued probably and then he got fat <laughs> yep <laughs> oh yeah if you ever see him in like sci-fi original movies he got bloated <laughs> you know, honestly, this—I don't think I've ever seen him in anything other than Terminator Two, and now Pet Cemetery Two. Not even American History X. That's right. He's in American History. He was good in that. Yeah. No, he's not bloated in that, is he? No. No. He's, he still looks the same. <laughs> after uh, after the the uh, the millennium, he got super big. Yeah, that's a shame. Yeah. Went the way of like Axl Rose. Yeah, kind of. Yeah, he could totally he could totally play Axl Rose in a in a fat Axl movie. And he's the he's the later Axl. He's fat Axl. Yeah, fat Axel. starring in movies called Arachnoquake. Yeah. Oh boy, I don't think you have to go any further. Yeah. <laughs> Paranormal is, abduction. Is he, is, he, is he ever in a movie with Debbie Gibson and Tiffany? doesn't look like it i'm pretty okay. sure he was in one with uh serena vincent okay <laughs> mark, mark got very excited there okay okay that's now a terrible movie i don't even need to know the plot of that movie to know that's a terrible movie yeah <laughs> assault on wall street is another one he's in and i don't know that one i don't know any of these i'm proud that i don't yeah, what's he done recently? Ooh, he's got something in pre-production. Okay. He plays actor in Karma. I don't. I guess. Uh, yeah, he. I, I think. I, I don't think he's. Uh, that's not his name. I don't think. I just think they don't have names for them for everyone's characters yet. I'm surprised he didn't make a cameo in Entourage. Washed up. Yeah. Child right? Yeah. Along I'd, with David Faustino. I'd watch. I'd watch a sitcom with these two guys. Yeah. David Faustino and David Faustino <laughs> and Edward Furlong. 
<laughs> is a recurring character Jeremy Miller? Yes. Yeah. The world is our oyster, Mark. We can make, <laughs> we can will any of these people into our our uh, pilot. It's Three Men and a Baby, the new sitcom starring. Oh, he's since, they're, since they're he's, rebooting everything. He is in the 2009 version of Night of the Demons, which also stars uh, Monica Kina from Freddy vs. Jason fame, Shannon Elizabeth. Ooh. Ooh, Linnea Quigley makes a cameo on that one, too. Don't know who that is. I, I know uh, Shannon. She was, in, she was in the original uh, uh, Night of the Demons. Yeah. Okay. She's also the chick in Return of the Living Dead that's naked for like 90%. Oh, she, yeah. she, had a, she was a cute little thing. Yeah. In 2009, she was a tad bit older. Yeah. Uh, understandable. Yeah, it happens. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> to the best of us. <laughs> to the best, as you say, to the best of us. <laughs> and Diora Baird is in this movie. Mm-hmm. I don't know who that is either. Uh, she's quite attractive. She's in one of the Texas Chainsaw Massacres. She has. Uh, Scott, very large acting abilities. So what did you, you think overall, and what would you put this at? Ah, uh, yeah, it's not a very good movie. It's it's not very fun. Um, I try and separate the horror movies that we do versus the other movies we do, um, just because there is always something to gain. There's usually something to glean from a bad horror movie, and this isn't one of them. I think Clancy Brown's good in it. Um, it's interesting to see Edward Furlong in a movie that's not Terminator Two. Yeah, uh, but he's he's dull. Like he he's got no he's got no personality in this movie. He's got Kevin Durant level charisma. Yep, <laughs> negative charisma. Yeah, yeah. My 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 thing was going to start out with I don't know if it's a hot take or not, but I would rather watch Thunderstruck again than this movie. That's saying a lot from what I heard. Yeah, I, I think we we said that Thunderstruck is not a bad movie. It's just a yeah. super bad performance. Yeah, from one person. But yeah, like if, you know, this movie without, and and I'm glad to hear that not seeing the original, you know, wasn't a detriment to my enjoyment of this movie. Um, It it was just, you know, it's one of those things where I was discussing this with a coworker um, that, you know, the worst kind of movies to watch if you're just like um, wanting to watch random movies is just ones that are just, just boring. You know, that there's nothing interesting at all in the plot, um, short of, you know, um, being interested to see if Anthony Edwards and Edward Furlong could keep up bad acting roles for an entire movie. Um, was probably the only thing really keeping me going in this movie. Um, but yeah, the, one of the worst things in doing this is not so much when the movie is like bottom of the barrel in terms of quality and all that. It's just when it's like just like boring and mediocre and. You know, there's no enjoyment one way or the other, whether a good movie or a good, bad movie. I will say this. If it's in October and I am struggling to find a movie to watch and I flip on AMC and it's like just starting, I could watch it. Right. Like, I would never. That's the only reason. Like, if it's if it's if a channel is doing the work for me of putting it on, like I would watch it. I'm I wouldn't seek it out. I wouldn't I wouldn't land on it on Amazon Prime or Netflix or anything like that. But if there was if I was flicking through the channels and it was starting, I was like, all right, I'll watch this for a bit. Maybe I'll wind up watching the whole thing, but it could probably get me for, you know, a commercial break. Yeah. Yeah. It, and that's where our taste in, you know, uh, genre works. Like um, my example would be like a bad action movie. You know, like if there was an action movie version of this. And the channel did the work for me, you know, and I'm bored. I may leave it on and watch it, you know, as opposed to, you know, if it's a bad horror movie, I don't I don't feel the need to, to watch it. It's just a, it's just, you know, as movie taste, essentially. But but I get your point because I, I, I feel that in other in other genres. All right. Uh, any closing thoughts before we say our goodbyes? No, I think we actually, I think we did a pretty good job on this one. We hit the nail on the head, I'd say. Okay. Yeah, just, uh, dead is better. Yeah, for this movie. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so that's going to do it for us. Uh, we've got, um, you guys got any pluggables? Uh, for me, no, just, you know, follow my Twitter, uh, dequino122. 
that's pretty much it, guys. I mean, I'm I'm pretty boring these days. Yeah, the uh, uh, the Strangers Amy's that aired before this, the day before, um, is you know the beginning of our last session that we did. So it's a little little bit more story heavy than battle heavy, um, but it get, goes to some really cool places. And they're probably not this episode. We're probably a couple episodes away. Um, but there's a really good, completely improv moment that I didn't write and I just let you guys run with. Um, that is a little bit of a teaser to look forward to. Coming I like up. it. I am very excited. There you go. been talking um, about it all week. <laughs> so we are, they called this a movie. You could find us on any kind of pod, podcast streaming app. So uh, go to Podbean, you can find it. Go to Overcast, iTunes, Stitcher. Search for They Call This Movie. You'll find all our episodes there. We are now being uh, also posted on the Geek Vibes Nation podcast streaming uh, uh, feed. So uh, you can you can subscribe to them. You'll get our show as well as another bunch of great shows that they do. Um, we'll, we're going to start wa- popping up on some of their shows. So keep an eye out on that. Uh, just uh, Geek Vibes Nation. Just search that into any of your podcast streaming apps, and we'll, we'll they'll pop up uh, with some of our episodes. Um, we are the Main Damie, and you could find us at themaindamie.com is the main site. Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter all at the Main Damie. We have uh, the Main Damie at gmail.com is our email address where you can find us. Uh, reach out to us if you want us to review anything specific or if you have a movie that you want to review, you can uh, let us know. And we will probably tell you yes and then never get around to it, but we will try. <laughs> <laughs> That's a ringing endorsement of our uh, our faith. Yeah. To, uh, our yes. <laughs> we are busy people. This is, our, this is not our day job, so uh, we will try and get to it uh, as much as we can. Um, but, uh, you can find me at Ant Delvec on Twitter. Um, and I think that's about it. Uh, Mark yep. is at off the mark tweet and Dan is at the Aquino one twenty two. You can also follow our stranger Damies Twitter. Yeah. Stranger, uh, stranger Damies. Yeah. Stranger mm-hmm. Damies. Follow them. Them sons of bitches. It's our, uh, our real play D&D podcast that Mark was just talking about. Stranger Damies on Twitter and on Instagram at Stranger Damies. And uh, that's, yeah. that's basically it. Yeah. So, uh, very brisk episode. And uh, we still talk for an hour. So. <laughs> <laughs> don't under, I tell you, don't underestimate our ability to just bullshit for an hour and a half. <laughs> Yeah, been ten minutes talking about a ten-yard vagina. So, yeah. <laughs> so uh, this has been Pet Cemetery Two from 1992, directed by Mary Lambert. So for uh, Dan Aquino and Mark Myers, this is Anthony Delvecchio telling Mary Lambert, "Please go fuck yourself." <laughs>